Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast. Where's the comic book problem? Shake the shit out of it. Hey, welcome to episode 190, because I know what it is, uh, of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We are starting our Slice of Life month. Also, welcome to 2021, ladies and gentlemen. We are still recording this. not have come quick enough. I know. We are, we are recording this from the deep, dark past. I am currently in the midst of um, lots of evacuation warnings. Eviction is wrong. Um, that's going to happen, too, I'm sure. But evacuation warnings, because uh, there is a forest fire in California. Shocker. Um, which is near my house, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, we are reading um, the Bob Brothers, which sounds weird if you say it that way, uh, the Bob Brothers book, uh, Day Tripper, which... I think that they're twins. They no longer speak to each other. There's a whole thing. Todd might know the whole history behind that. I think there's money involved, something like that. Sure, there's money, and who took credit for what? And they're, you know, like every great duo, it broke yeah. up. Yeah, of course. So, so the question is, which one's the Garfunkel and which one's the Oats? I mean, based on the work that I've seen, isn't Gabriel the artist? I think so. I've seen yeah, more from him than is. I've seen from the other one. But So, yeah. Anyway, but we'll get into that. Is, um, yeah, but so they wrote, but they wrote and drew this book together. They did back when they were still talking, like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the classic four. I'm at some point in time. I think we might get Maya and Jason back, but who knows? Maybe next year in 2022. Uh, but <laughs> 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 uh, but we have the important ones here with us. First off, your beverage guru, Mr. Adam. Hey, yay, beverage guru. Uh, what's up? This is Adam in Salt Lake. Uh, right now, I don't know what I'm... I think I'm going to be celebrating the holidays are over. That's about all I'm going to do. And then in past time, I'm not yet 40, but in present time, when this comes out, I'll be 40. Ooh. So, yeah, check me out. Hopefully soon, at one point in time, on Big Shiny Robot. Distracting me by adjusting his hat and his camera. But he has put up new shelves behind his head with two great little paintings there. I like the shelves. They look good. Thank it's you. Mr. Todd. Hey, I'm Todd. I'm also here in Salt Lake. You know, right next door to Adam, but forever away. Because we haven't seen each other in the flesh in too long, Adam. It was March. Because wow. you helped me move my TV that didn't break. Yes. <laughs> March. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the person who's too cool to come hang out with me in California, uh, it's Lena. Hi, Lena. Hi. I'm here in right now snowy Denver. I feel like I'm a kid again because I remember many a year when I was younger that there was snow on the ground during Halloween. And I guess, well, my guess is it'll be gone before Halloween is half this, this weekend. But, it's not like trick-or-treating's okay. happening anyway, though. No. I mean... At least the only highlight of that is there's no articles in Denver this year that are, make sure you check all of your kid's candy because somebody might give your kid an edible. And it's like, what? That shit's expensive. No one's giving that shit away. Exactly. It's a 20% tax. Yeah. To buy weed or anything in the state of Colorado. What person do you know? And you don't get that many in like a pack. So what person do you know is going to spend... $30 $30 on like 20 gummies <laughs> and, no and hand them away for free to kids Yeah, and then not even be able to watch them get high. Like it is, the, it is absolutely insane, but it is an article that happens 
every year. Every year. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, and then after Halloween, every year they go, there wasn't one instant. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look what we did. We prevented this thing that was never going to happen from happening. We are so yeah, good. We are like, the news. I'm just like, shut up. I was like, there's a better chance of somebody putting razor blades in your candy than there are people giving you weed. Like, mm-hmm. shut the hell up. Either. It happened <laughs> once from what I understand. And even so then, actually, that was... That that's sort of a rumor. It may or may not have happened, but there's only like one sort of summer reporting. I don't think yeah. that actually happened. So and I actually. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, but that's yeah. So I'm in Denver. I sit in on Zoom all day. Yeah, um, all day. All day, and I'm on Zoom all like literally eight hours a day this entire week and early next and well most of next week as well. So pray for me. When do you actually get anything done if you're just on meetings all day? I'm impressive. <laughs> okay. It's called I work too fucking long. That's Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. It's called you turn your uh, video off on Zoom and do stuff and then I can only see your picture. Oh my God, Adam. Shh. Don't tell people <laughs> my secret. No, um, the most brilliant one I heard uh, <laughs> was someone who changed their profile picture to a picture that said reconnecting. And so they would just turn it off, and so it would just say that their their image was reconnecting, and that's that's how they would hide. Which I think is that's really not cool. bad. Yeah. So I just looked and checked in Utah. We talked about the markup of um, gummies or weed in Denver. You, the time to buy wine in Utah is this week because come this Friday, the markup is changing from eighty six percent to an eighty eight percent markup on liquor and wine. In the state of Utah. Why do you live there? I mean, I live well, because I'm here. But like, I, Lee's I just, discount liquor is only ninety minutes away. <laughs> and I'm used to driving to Tuel every day, so that's just like another forty-five minutes for me. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I know in the state of Connecticut, they shut down, like liquor stores shut down at nine o'clock, and they weren't they were closed on Sundays for a really long time. So when I was in college, we would drive to the Massachusetts border. <laughs> and they're literally if you go to connecticut if you're ever note to anyone if you are ever in the state of connecticut and you Uh want to buy alcohol after nine o'clock you go to the massachusetts border literally liquor stores just line the border of massachusetts Mm -hmm. and connecticut that's like evanston in utah Mm -hmm. and even idaho and utah was it la tienda was that what it was brian there was a gas station that's sitting right on the border of um, Utah and Idaho by Utah State. And in Napoleon Dynamite, that gas station is under the list of thank yous. <laughs> that figures. <laughs> so take I think that. It's also the want. place that Todd was so proud of himself that he'd been to like every state in the nation except for uh, Idaho and like Alaska. And so I got him in my car when we were in college and we just started driving and we went to school a half hour away from Idaho border. And he was, we were just talking, just chatting. We got, we were five minutes away before he realized what I was doing. And I drove him <laughs> over the Idaho border, flipped a U-turn and we went back. Like that's what I was, did. <laughs> I was upset. You I were upset. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I kidnapped you and took you over state me? lines. <laughs> I ruined his record. I was so excited because he thought I was so amusing. You were my Warren Jeffs. I was. I was most definitely your Warren Jeffs in that moment. Um, (laughs) Anyway. So I've I've got a really funny story going back to the the trick-or-treat thing. 
So this was posted uh, today. Now, this is from the official State of Utah COVID-19 response Twitter account. It's literally verified as Utah. And it says, still want to participate in giving out treats on Halloween, but don't want to break the physical distance barrier? We suggest the following. Yeet those treats. And there's a picture of like a witch hand throwing candy at children. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's just the most, here, I'll put it up there. It's just the most wonderful thing. At the same time, I don't think a government agency should ever be using the word yeet because that is our word. Oh my god. That's our word. I don't even know what yeet means, to be honest it with means you. Means like you yeet. You eat it. You yeet. I know. Corey's like favorite word. She constantly says it. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeet and burb. I uh, and Kobe. Kobe, I know what that one is because I live in California. You just dated. I don't yourself. know what that is. I know. Oh, is, is Kobe not even in fashion anymore? I Am I that old? Well, not since he Kobe yeah. himself into a mountain. Wow, that's harsh. Kobe was like, if you eat something, but you eat something with accuracy, that was Kobe. So, like, if you threw something in the trash can and made it in the trash can, that was a Kobe. So basically, okay, when you I were, I feel like that's a California thing. Not no, to my knowledge. <laughs> no, every for a while there, every single time someone would throw something, to be a Kobe. Yeah, and then it would miss, and you'd feel stupid because you're not Kobe. I would always yell Oster tag when they missed. <laughs> or Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. <laughs> uh, and hey, I'm Brian. Eventually we're going to get around to all the rest of the intros. Here's the problem. I'm drinking wine tonight, and uh, so I'm not really driving this train or hurting these cats. Feeling good. Feeling Woo! good. I'm on my second glass. I am drinking a 2017 Veranda, a Tri-County Pinot Noir from California, from the lovely counties of Monterey, Santa Barbara, and Sonoma. It's going to be part of the Catalina wine mixer. Mm. Um, don't shake your head at me, Lena. You're I'm drinking wine too. I'm going to shake my head too. at you constantly tonight. I know, that's just how it goes. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm drinking wine because I do, well, A, I wanted to drink wine, and I have wine. Uh, I also yeah. feel like this is an appropriate book for wine for some reason. This feels like a very wine-oriented book. Well, but I don't Adam, smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, and a lot of yeah, yeah. right. Don't jump on my drinking game. Uh, Adam, what is our cocktail for this week? Uh, yeah, so this one's called Rebirth. Uh, and I put it in the text as re colon birth, and that's mm-hmm. like Kingdom Hearts reference that no one got. So with this one in a shaker with filled with ice, you're gonna put uh, three ounces of vodka, one ounce of blue curacao, uh, the juice of half a lemon, four ounces of champagne. Now you're gonna stir that, don't shake it, because you don't wanna <laughs> fuck up the champagne. Uh, and then you're going to strain it into a large cup of ice and garnish with a lime wedge, a lemon wedge. Lemon wedge or lime wedge? Either which one. Whichever you feel like. You sure? Maybe so a lime orange, to lime, and vodka with champagne. Yeah. Ah, sounds good. Yeah. It's like a, it's close to a mimosa, sort of. Kind of. Yeah. A punchy one. Yeah. Hey, I ain't wrong. I have no hate on a punchy mimosa. Uh, speaking of punchy mimosas, Lena... <laughs> what is your drinking game rule for this book? I don't know why I did it that way, but okay. I did. Okay. That was for my um, own amusement. <laughs> so I'm going to give you one that I'm sure everyone here is going to be like, bitch. Well, I wasn't expecting that. Um, every time <laughs> the story ends and you're like, holy shit, he died? <laughs> I was going to call mine like, oh my God, they killed Bross. You <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Uh, mine's called smoke. If you got them, every time someone smokes, take a drink. Y'all are going to be fucked up 
Yeah, that's uh, mean, Brian. That's I know it is. <laughs> I know it is. Mr. Todd. What? The blackout whackout. Every time the blackout he was born is mentioned, go ahead and take a drink. Oh, that's a good one, too. And uh, yeah. Mr. Adam. Mine's called the Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Every time they talk about being a writer or writing. Oh. People only pick half of one. Yeah. Half no. of one, yes. Yeah. That's all you should do. I mean, partially because... Yeah, well, we... Don't we do that. Little sips. Little sips. Little sips. We also, also... We build those drinking games off of, like, themes that run through it, and this book heavily relies on themes and repeating montages and, and, and images and things it's like that. It's like they had a plan. Almost, right? It's crazy. It's like they thought I out know. their writing. It was very strange. It was like they kind of knew what the fuck they were doing. Well, if, if we want to be less evil, uh, I could just do Bring Out Your Dead, and then every time they talk about an obituary... Because that's writing as well, so that could be like a less evil writing one. That's not that less evil, though. No. But when he's a writer, his dad's a writer, his wife's pussy's a writer, I don't know. It's just like there, all writers. There's literally an obituary at the end of everything, and then multiple within. Like It's almost as bad as Lane is, but just a little worse. <laughs> but just a little worse. I'm just a writer. <laughs> I write. Uh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. I'm in trouble. Okay, do we do anything else, or do we just start talking about things? I forget Let's how we do this time. anymore. We can start drinking. Another drinking game that would have been bad <laughs> is Absentee Father. Oh, so God. anytime Gross complains about his dad not being around, or he's not around for his kid, you take a drink? Uh, <laughs> daddy issues, like any of them, like that, that's a thing. Right? right yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a thing. Okay, well... Who wants to jump in? I know all of us like this book. Uh, well, except for Adam. We haven't heard Adam's opinion yet. You didn't we all ask. Talk- well, okay, Adam. I'm asking Adam. Adam, go for it. We haven't heard. Start it out, because we kind of talked a little bit before you jumped online. So uh, what are your thoughts, Adam? I liked it. Okay, good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Moving on. So, Todd. Um, <laughs> no, it was... That it was, was uh, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally silent. I liked it. <laughs> No, it was it was it's interesting because it was trying to you know it kind of reminded me back when we did Uzumaki. That was kind of what popped mm-hmm. in my head because you spend a bit of time trying to figure out where things are going and what um, what's happening because it's you know it, it's very much like hey here's a, a day in the life like this is kind of what our theme is of this guy's mm-hmm. life and then he dies and then it's another day in his life at a different age and then he dies and they I feel like they never quite fully explain it. It was almost kind of like when you die you relive your life kind of thing. So I'm interested mm. to hear your interpretation of all of it, but it was just, it was interesting how at the very, very end, it was like, hey, this is, it just shows everything. And it shows every little moment that you didn't think about that was important. And maybe you didn't think it was important to you, but it was important to someone else. Or, you know, how this one action you took back in your, when you were 10 or 20, ripples across to when you're an old man dying kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was definitely one I wanted to go read again because I feel like there's a lot of philosophical subtext I didn't get the first time around because I think they were playing Pokemon around me and it was kind of distracting. Mm-hmm. But Because the new DLC for Pokemon came out and it's really fun. I got a Zapdos. Oh, uh, I thought that was a really profound sort of statement on the current no, state it wasn't. of the world. It was just, but no, it was, that, just that was a literal. They were playing Pokemon, Pokemon around you. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I really liked it. Uh, it's Everything tied together really well. And even though I want to go back and find out what's underneath that bow, like, again, of what I'm sure I didn't quite catch, which I want to, that's why I'm interested to hear what you guys, you guys and girls thought. Uh, no, it's, it was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. I mean, you hear Day Tripper and you're like, oh, it's like the, the Beatles song. 
And then hmm. you get into it and find out it has nothing to do with the Beatles. So nope. if you're expecting Beatles, you're going to be wrong. So. No, except it's exactly what I was thinking, though, Adam, because the it's the Lennon quote. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. I think it was him that said Okay, then it was about me. But it has that, but it's that whole thing, right? I feel like everything is him trying to, he's talking about all these other things and then something else happens. And I mean, he dies at the end, but like, you know, it's, it's all these, it's, it's those, those nuggets. It's those moments, those things that you hold on to that are, that you, that really define your life. It's not the what your I mean, they talk about his job, but it's not his, um, he doesn't, he wants to define himself by it, but then it's all these little moments that actually define his life. Well, and that's one thing true is he was always about like, Oh, I didn't write my book. I didn't write my book. Then he wrote his book. And then what happened? It was like the book didn't really ever bring him happiness. It caused a couple deaths. And he, the whole thing at the end was he realized it was, it was everything, like I said, it was everything else around that. It was like everything, you know, you're searching for this, you're grasping for this, and you almost get too busy to see everything around you. So it's like when you're driving, so I put it this way. So I drive all the time. I very rarely ever a passenger. But on the rare times I am, we were driving by my house the other day, and I was like, oh, when did that building go up? And they're like, dude, it's been there for two years. I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't fucking see it, because I, I never focus outside of like, hey, I don't want to get in a crash, because Utah drivers suck. Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, you say focus on one thing so much that you miss what's around you. And all of a sudden, when you sit back into the journey, you're like, oh, there was this and there was that. And that's what actually, that's what meant something kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. All right. On that statement, after reading this book, I'm enjoying my Lagavulin, by the way. <laughs> we're just, we're indicating how it. drunk we're all getting right now is what I'm, we have I to got say. my first <laughs> finally. I do need to say is, the important things in life happens around what you're going for. And the three of you, I love you guys. And this reminds me, you need to hear that. Adam, Aww. Brian, Lena, love you guys. I want <laughs> you to know that. We love you too. Okay. So here's a preview <laughs> yeah. of what happens when Brian gets drunk. When Brian gets yeah. real drunk, he starts calling up his friends, telling uh-huh. them how much he loves them, and right. sometimes lays on the floor and plays with his cat's cat toy and swats at a little right. ball. Last time I got real, real drunk, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> what? Yeah, it did. Yeah, that's, it that's really that happened. I texted a lot of people how much I love them. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you real, real drunk, Brian. Because oh, I didn't really drink when we were dating back in the mm-hmm. day. I uh, did like the Seattle Underground Tour. Absolutely blasted. I got so many text messages. Holy shit, I should have kept them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was blasted doing the Seattle Underground Tour and having the time of my life. Which is a great tour, by the way. I've done it sober and it's fun. I wanted to put that out there first. (laughs) But doing through this, but what's so interesting about this book is you're watching this guy. He dies young. He dies old. He dies in between. His dad dies and then he dies from the breaking of his heart and everything else happening there. And what you watch is, what's interesting to watch, sometimes you see it and the death is sweet. Sometimes you see it and the death is almost of abandonment to those that he's leaving behind. And other times he sees a path for his life. Oh, it's have this breakthrough where it's about to move forward. I'm about to step up. And then it ends abruptly. 
Or you've got another one where he's completed his life and home is the attitude and the people around you. And he doesn't want to bother his son that he's dying and he doesn't want to say it. And as you're going through this thing is death is going to happen to all of us. And when it happens, we don't have a say. But it's, it's always there and it's always by your side. Smell the roses, cherish the moments, let people know how you feel. The one that really got me most, more than everything, was the one where he kept leaving messages to his wife and child about how much I miss you while I'm on tour. And he never makes a home. Mm -hmm. And he wrote this book that is this thing, and all he wants to do is be back home. And he do these things, and he never makes it back home because he's on tour. Or he's a little kid flying a kite. And that kite gets caught into some electrical wires that are in rough shape. And he says, this is the moment of freedom. And the moment of freedom is what causes his end. And is that a sad ending? I'm not quite sure. I mean, he had his whole life to live ahead of him. But he was also kind of at his zenith when he went out. The best thing I can compare Day Tripper to at the end of the day, though, is actually kind of it's King Lear with Shakespeare. So you've got King Lear, and it is often said with King Lear, as you read it as a young person, a middle-aged person, an older person, it becomes who you identify with changes dramatically. And old King Lear is saying, which ones of my daughters love me the most? And his initial reaction completely misses the mark. And later on, he realizes the error of his ways in that way. I mean, he's just someone that wants to know, did my life actually matter and mean anything? And that's really King Lear at the end of the day. And here is the whole meaning of everything is best friend Jorge is life's about relationships Mm -hmm. and who you get to talk to. Jorge's whole thing and the end of Jorge is he isolated himself. The death of Jorge before he died was his self-isolation. Yeah. And his whole thing was, it's about relationships. And when the relationship ceased, Jorge ceased. His body was took longer to figure it out, but that's where it was. And you've got this man's Braz's relationship with his father, the relationship with his wife, and even the relationship with his kids, and his book. I mean... Do am I fulfilled career-wise? That's the book. But am I fulfilled family-wise? Am I fulfilled child-wise? Am I enough for my family? Because you watch that as the other thing is when he dies prematurely at the death of his father and he follows shortly after, is you have different points of him going out. Some are sweeter than others, but is it a shortcoming of himself that he sees or a shortcoming of himself to others. And you're more heartbroken when he's less fulfilled or you realize the hole he is bringing mm-hmm. as going through there. So as I'm reading through it, as sad as it was that he died in the kite flying, he had this pure moment of freedom. What was so much more devastating to me is when he died. Like, as I brought it up with his um, father dying, and he died shortly thereafter as well with another heart attack. Or he even found, oh, I saw the girl in the restaurant or in the In the bodega. grocery store. Mm-hmm. The grocery store. 
I'm going to go after her. And he gets nailed by the car. Mm -hmm. And he is out. And you're like, he was on the cusp mm -hmm. of something great. And it just got snatched. Mm -hmm. And that is just, I mean, it's gut-wrenching. As you watch, like, it was almost great for him. And he saw the potential of this greatness and it's gone. Or you, he dies. And he wants to be there for his family. And he fails. And so you watch this as the death, a failure of relationships that didn't happen is the greatest tragedy. So as this really goes is, and his best friend Jorge is like, life's about relationships and meeting people. And it's about relationships at the end of the day. You know, is it your friends? Is it your parents? Is it your family? Is it your offspring? But at the end of the day, Career-wise, as important as it is and fulfilling or lack of fulfillment as it may be, it helps. But it's about who you know, who you spend time with, and who you love, and who loves you. And that is such a universal truth. It takes place in Brazil. Nobody cares. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I want to give this book to my dad and see what he says. Mm-hmm kind of a thing. I love this book. It makes me want to cry and it makes me want to hug my wife and kid and tell you guys I love you. Because it's true. I'm a little fueled by alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one thing I also got out of it too was I didn't know if what I saw you had seen so I I went first. I kind of wanted to get input. Mm -hmm. It almost seemed like some of the deaths represented moments of your life you can never get back so he dies after his first kiss as a kid yeah there's mm -hmm. a, sense, a sense of innocence that's going to be lost there because you know you only have your first kiss once that's kind of when okay i'm you know hitting puberty now that that innocence of childhood is starting to go away we talked about how he died when his father died so there's the death of never being able to see my dad again and they had a bit of a contentious relationship it wasn't perfect you had the death before he went and saw his dad speak maybe he it was the fact that he didn't go and he missed out right. on that opportunity so uh, and, and the one that kind of I had to think about for a second was, you know, when his best friend murders him, you know, his best, best friend disappears for a long time and then he finally reconnects and having, I'm sure we've all gone through that where you've had what you thought was a really close friendship that kind of had a bit of a falling out. And then all of a sudden it ends violently. Not that the actual relationship, it's, I mean, not that it was actual violent, but that that friendship just was torn asunder and just doesn't mm -hmm. really exist anymore in a very like profound way that you can never go back and undo it um or you know his being away touring the whole time you know the death from that was the time the, the time that he lost spending with his family so yeah he got his dream of having a book but it's the whole like oh well dad worked so much he was never home to be a dad kind of thing so and that's mm -hmm. what's so cool about this book was there's so much you can get out of it like you know there's there's so many different interpretations and again that's why i do want to go read it again because these were the things i just thought about as at the end, I kind of sat and thought for a minute, and I was like, you know, it's kind of, again, telling the stories of your life, and at the very, very end, you sit back and you look and say, you know, did I have a legacy? And for a lot of people, their legacy is their children, or like he wrote a book, he was an author, or you're whatever, you know? That's kind of what we're all trying to do, no matter who we say we are. We have that desire that the genes in us want to pass something on, and so they want to leave this legacy of who it's going to be, and they say, what, like in two generations, no one will know your name. So how do you leave that mark? And then at the end of your life, can you look back and say, 
you know, maybe I wasn't a good person or a bad person, but I had a positive influence. And I think that's what he, cause it's kind of alluded to in the end that he goes to the ocean to die. Like he just mm-hmm. realizes he's got a horrible death coming from cancer. So kind of going out, you know, and he had the calling from the siren of, well, from the very first death. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's, it really is one that makes you think. And as much as I was having fun earlier joking around with it. Yeah. I liked it kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot here and mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that each one of us, Todd saw something different that I didn't see. And, you know, Todd being a dad, you're going to see things a lot different because you have a daughter and I, I had a pug. So, <laughs> but a very cute pug. I love Badger, she was. Though. Badger was cute. And she, <laughs> she, she lived a gloriously long life for yes, a diabetic did. pug and she was taken very, very well care of. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It, again, I want to read it again. And I'm glad there's not going to be a sequel because I don't think you need one. <laughs> But no, I mean, this mm. is very much a standalone book for sure. No, but and this is also one I probably wouldn't recommend to people new to comics, just because there's a lot going on. But it's it's, it's just absolutely pos- powerful and lovely. So I, as sad as it was at moments, it's something that I I absolutely think is amazing. Well, and part of my idea, based on what you know Todd has said and what you've said, Adam, um, and I think a little bit of what Lena said is, I kind of wonder if it's a book about pure passion versus pa- false passion, where he, if you look at sort of the um, obituaries at the end of each chapter when he dies, when he's going after something that he purely is passionate about, even as a little kid, he's going after, you know, chasing after a, a kite and he dies, or he's going to help his friend and his friend dies. The obits aren't necessarily unhappy, um, but like it's sort of when he has this false idea of he's trying to accomplish something that isn't necessarily real and isn't necessarily associated with his family. Like a lot of times the obits, even once he dies, still associate with his family and his relationships and all that kind of stuff. It is very much more about the purity of your existence rather than your creation um, and how you live your life, not what you accomplish is sort of the general idea, which is sort of, it has a very pseudo European slash just in general, non-American thing where you're not defined by what you do. You know, I mean, Americans very much define themselves by their job mm-hmm. and other cultures, broadly speaking, just don't seem to have that same focus. And it has a very much that, that attitude with that. Mm-hmm. I do want to add in a great question. You know, when you get to know people here in America, one of the questions is, so what do you do? Mm-hmm. A great question I heard is, how do you fill your free time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, so, because this book, actually, the very first chapter addresses that. When she, mm-hmm. he asks the girl on the beach, like, what do you do? And she's like, why does that matter? Yeah. And they kind of, that, yeah, the whole thing was, like, well, how are you living your life? Like, with, how, what's his friend's name? Is it? Um, Jorge. Jorge, yeah. Jorge. He's like, he's taking pictures. And you can tell it's not so much that he's doing it for the money. He's no, doing he's it because that's, it. He, that's his passion. He's yeah. showing himself through his pictures. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, no, very much. It's like, and Jorge is passionate about people and he's passionate about life. And Braz is a, very much about trying to match up to his father's legacy and trying, I mean, as much as I like the character, he is very much sort of about almost trying to put something on. Like he's trying to prove himself and his worth as a writer, as, you know, comparable to his father, uh, you know, yeah. all these sort of things. But what's great about him really is, um, how he is, he's a devoted friend, um, he's a devoted father, his other passions seem to drag him away from that, but he does have a great deal of interest, and they talk about how 
he goes and picks up his kid and how he reads him a story every night and all these things. Like he is devoted to the people around him. It's his desires to try and live up to an expectation he's put on himself based on his interpretation of his father's life that draws him away from who he, where he truly is great, which is just as a human being living in there. Like, and even in the first death where he dies, he's not just going in and getting cigarettes and a drink. He's talking to the bartender about who he is and his name and how he interpreted it. And it, it also leads into the fact that like the guy gets called by his father's name, but he doesn't give a shit. It's his bar, but his father owned it, but he's still going about it, but he's not defined by that. Whereas Broad is for the opposite, whereas he is defined essentially by what his father did because he's trying to recreate his own sort of identity as a writer. And so like you sort of see that uh, split really early on of where he's pulled away from what he's truly, what truly makes his life great um, by what he's trying to prove or however you want to interpret that. Uh, Lena, you're kind of looking at me. You got anything else to add? I want to hear Lena's thoughts because Lena hasn't, yeah. we've, yeah. dug, we've dug deep and like gone off yeah. and she hasn't, she's been looking at us. So No, so I agree with pretty much everything you guys have been saying, but the one thing that I, that I picked up on being that I was in a really, really shitty relationship, not with Brian, with another. <laughs> Thank um, you for specifying that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she didn't say it wasn't, but. <laughs> um, but I was in a really, really toxic relationship. And, and the, the thing that I just remember, the thing I, the one story that, all, that really got me was he meets the girl at, in uh, San Paolo. I forget where they were. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they were on a beach. Yeah. And. She's like, come meet me. And he goes to me and he wants to go meet her, but he ends up drowning and he dies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, in the next story, it's, well, if he didn't die, then it was, they were in, now you see the end of that relationship and she's pissed. Mm -hmm. She's angry. She's like, you're worthless. You're not doing anything. I wanted adventure. I wanted life. And all you do is sit there. And I'm like, oh, I think I've said this before. Like, (laughs) I, that was the part of it where it's like, even when you think, because when you think that everything's wonderful at the beginning, it may not always be wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. It's that moment where you're like, oh my God, I, I, you know, it's dating basically. And, um, and then you, and then reality kicks in. And that was the piece of all of these stories that I loved was there's this like, oh, things seem so amazing. And it seems so Norman Rockwell and like very ideal in a lot of the cases not in that specific story although that's the one where he sees the girl at the end and then he gets hit by the car but mm-hmm. right but it's still that piece of like but and you think like okay he had, it was shit at the beginning he, it's got to have a happy ending right isn't that the it's that's how you know when when a movie is um going to have a happy ending or a sad ending if it starts happy it's going to end shitty but if it starts shitty, it's probably going to end happy. It's a terrible trope, but it tends to be what happens with a lot of romantic comedies. So you think it's going to end up great, and it doesn't. And so it, a lot of the stories had this very, like, his wife goes into labor, and, and but you, then as soon as the door shuts, his mother's voice hits the, hits the answering machine. And it's those things where it's like you're constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's how I live my life constantly. 
it is terrible. And it is, but it's, it, I think that's why I connected with this so much and why as soon as I finished it, I texted Brian and I was like, okay, you're right. I like this book. I've been working on this book for a long time. He's like, I know things. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and he drinks. Right. And he drinks. I know things that I drink. So, but I, I think the piece of all of it is he leaned into everything he was feeling. He never, mm-hmm. he never questioned anything. It was always, he leaned into it and he may ended up dead at the end of it, but he still leaned into it. And it's something that I feel like many, a lot of people don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are expecting that phone call to happen as soon as they shut the door to go to to go to the hospital to deliver their kid yeah. where, you know, if the phone rings, you're like, I have to answer it to see who it is. It could be bad news. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't need to just go. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. no reason to kill yourself over this. Just go. <laughs> and so he mm-hmm. did lean into the, into everything that happened, whether it be good or bad. And I really, really loved that. I just, it's not um, something I do naturally. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I loved it. They say people in South America are very passionate people that, you know, feel everything deeply. Yeah. Aria, what's your opinion? I like Coca-Cola. Jumping back into that though, later, I like the fact that you brought up the fact that he leans into everything. I hadn't thought about it that way, but it is kind of cool that the fact that he does good or bad, he goes through and experiences everything and tries to embrace all of it, which is kind of great. And I hadn't thought of it in that perspective, but that's a really good point. You've read this before, because I've read this before, and I think I probably read it many years ago. I don't know how long ago, but I read it quite a while Did your perspective on this book change significantly over the time from when you first read to when you read it now? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. It really did. Um, And I think that's a little bit where like King Lear comes into play. Mm -hmm. Again, for me, is watching this, you've got this... I mean, it's it's a bunch of stories of a life that may be, and then a life that has been lived. Mm-hmm. And it's everything in before, and as the reader, am I identifying with life that might be, or life that I'm going through the process? Because then you see different things, and different things hit me differently. I mean, I've got this little one here. And then you go on and think, what if today's the day and this is it? And it's not so much that I'll be sad that she's gone, but then I, I won't be there for her. Mm-hmm. And how sad is that? Yeah. And it's a, um, it is a shift of perspective. They even write the letters like, you've got a kid now. Now everything in your life priorities has completely shifted. And they're not wrong. Yeah. But it's an interesting thing to watch. And, you know, even parenthood is one aspect of who I am today, but it's not the only aspect, but it sure is a large part mm-hmm. and it's a, and it's become an integral part. And it's, um, I like to still think I'm childish and goofy as ever <laughs> when appropriate. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. I'm letting my little two year old have some Coca-Cola. Mom's going to be mad later, but whatever. <laughs> and cause it doesn't matter of other things else, but it is, it's about, the time not spent versus the time that is spent. Mm-hmm. And when you look at these different stories, where are you identifying yourself at what point in the stories that this is portraying? And that's what I think this is really for everyone. 
because you could be identifying with stories at the very beginning of his life, or you could be identifying with stories in the twilight, and yet they all have impact and meaning when they occur. So I think this is the kind of book that is very worthwhile reading repeatedly throughout your life. It's one of those you keep going back to, and then it changes your, the viewpoint changes as you're reading it. And I find that absolutely fascinating and a mark of something great that few things actually achieve. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got Gabriel and Fabio, these brothers, have done a lot of great work. We're reading more of their work later this month. Yeah, I was literally looking at that like right this second. Like I looked at that one. Oh, right. shit. I didn't realize that they had done that. Like, because they actually worked on how to talk to girls at parties with Neil Gaiman. That's right. So and that's I another, didn't realize that until I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Awesome thing, by the way. But that's mm -hmm. a separate episode. <laughs> and as you're looking at this, though, it is, as you read it and how you feel about it, is really reflective of who you are. I think it's also and, where you are at your, that point in time in your life. Right. Who you are yeah. and where you are in your life. Because mm -hmm. last time I read this was, you know, pre-child. And so it makes me very easy to make, oh, look, here's the differences for myself. Mm-hmm. And as things get older there, and it's it's fascinating, it's heartwarming and heartbreaking mm -hmm. as I read this book. And I just want to I want to share this book. It's like, dude, this thing is amazing. And we talked about like, oh, it's what people should read when it comes to comics, or it's hard, or it's whatnot, but it's I want to share this, but at the same time, I want to keep it for myself. Um, yeah, I understand that. Um, I also think, though, that this is one of those books that everyone's going to interpret it in their own way as they're interpreting it in their life at that point in time. And, like, it's one of those things, too, where... Yeah. And I don't know if reading this book has made me realize it's like, I've had a... I read this last night, and I've had a mm -hmm. lovely fucking day today because I've just been appreciating the shit out of my life. And here's the thing. We're in the middle of 2020, yeah arguably the worst fucking year of our lifetimes on a global scale, at least. And I would argue that it's been one of the best years of my life. Like my divorce is almost finalized. I mm -hmm. didn't lose my job in a couple of weeks. By the time this comes out, I will have graduated from grad school without the pandemic. I would have not gotten to date the girl I had a crush on at work many years ago who moved away and I reconnected with like that wouldn't have happened. And that's been amazing. Like there's been a lot like, the world has been shit and it's been awesome for me. And I feel a little guilty about that, but it really has been great. But also like books like these help you kind of also put some things into perspective. Like you look at, I think there's part of this idea of this book that we haven't really touched on is like any moment could theoretically be your last, but this is not necessarily like that scary dark moment of like make it last while you can. It's not like the dead poet society kind of thing where this is like, no. look, it's more like, the little moments of your life are what's going to define you. And so you should find those moments and enjoy them, not try to make something of your life before you're gone. It's more like, you know what? Watching Aria drink Coca-Cola on Zoom is a great night for me. I'm <laughs> very happy with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like talking to my friends about a comic book is an amazing evening for me. That being said, I'm about three glasses into a bottle of wine. So, you know, that helps. But, you know what I mean? My life's pretty fucking awesome right now. And arguably yeah. the world is shit. Like the world is literally on fire around me. And I'm like, this is great. I'm good. You know, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's all fine. Everything's fine. 
Well, and there's that great, I can't remember where I read it or who said it, but there's that great thing that says, you know, on your deathbed or at your funeral, no one's going to gather around and be like, oh, Adam was so amazing. Like, he spent 70 hours a week at work. Like, look what he did there. (laughs) Or, you know, all all those kind of things that people think are important. It kind of goes back to earlier, like, well, what do you do for a living kind of thing? And kind of ties into, well, do you work to live or live to work? Mm -hmm. And I think you'd say that about anything. You could say that about, you know, someone who, you know, a crazy person want to go out and fuck everyone who lives or someone who all they do is sit and read comic books. That's all they do, you know, which is calling us out. I identify with that object, (laughs) uh, that sentence, but whatever. (laughs) No, but there's, it's, it's about, you know, your values and your priorities. And like, there's nothing wrong with working. There's nothing wrong with having sex. There's nothing wrong with reading comic Mm -hmm. books or drinking or playing board games or video games in my case. But it's like what, you know, the legacy you're leaving, it's about the little things. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's not about the hours spent at the office. It's about, you know, the one person's like, oh, hey, yeah, I remember this one time. Like, I, you know, you know, blah, 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 we were out and I was, I didn't have any money and, you know, Todd bought me a burger. And, you know, I was really depressed that day and that helped me get through it. Think, hey, someone actually out there does care about me kind of thing. Or, mm-hmm. hey, I was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I was hanging out in Colorado and Lana gave me her last gummy. Cause we were at a party and I was, I was, at, I was having a bad day and she, she didn't have to, but you know, yeah. And then Brian. So anyways, oh, um, there it goes. I love it. <laughs> oh, there it goes. Well played, I can't sir. say what Brian normally does. Cause that's not allowed in this pocket. No, but that, that's the point. <laughs> now I'm just curious where you would have gone with that, but that's okay. We'll leave it alone. I want uh, to know where he's going to go. You know where I was going to go with that. I know. Now it just sounds super dirty. It does. I know. I love it. And he's a it. dirty bird. No, but it, so we're drinking podcasts with a comic book problem. Uh, <laughs> especially tonight. Holy shit. Especially tonight, yeah. No, but that, that's what, the, the, again, the point is that, you know, at the end of your life, you're walking out to the sea because you know it's ending. And you know that you're listening to the sirens call because, you know, it's time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're not gonna think you're not gonna think back to all the, the books you wrote or the time you spent on tour or this and that. You're gonna remember when you flew that kite after your first kiss. You're gonna remember a time you you like you saw someone who's love at first sight and you chase after them. Mm-hmm. You're gonna remember, you know, when that that voicemail you left your wife who because you couldn't be home, she's gonna listen to it over and over again because she misses the sound of your voice. Mm-hmm. Those are the things you're gonna remember and those are the things that they're gonna remind you of. And that's what matters. It's not, it's not everything else. Yeah. I have a, a weird personal example of that that happens to me all the fucking time. Because like with where I work, I end up working with, I used to more than I do now, but I used to end up working with different groups all the time. And it was inevitable that apparently I would say something obnoxious or funny or weird. And people would quote it back to me all the time. And I'm like, I don't remember fucking saying that. To the point in time where... My professor in college loves to quote shit that I said when I was in college. And I went back to visit at one point in time and kids would ask me if I really said some of these things that I said or thing, did the things I did. And I'm like, yeah, I did. Like it, at the time, it didn't mean anything to me, but like now it's a quotable thing from where I went to school, which is very odd. But like you're not necessarily aware of the impact you're going to make. Um, so really trying to you know, search after becoming a great writer like your father isn't really going to yield you a whole fucking ton. You know what I mean? Because people are going to remember you for what they're going to remember you for. You know, yeah. I'm going to rem- be remembered for the guy who said really obnoxious, smart, snarky things at work that should have gotten me fired. But 
to right not. On. Yeah. So. Right on. Uh, right on is one of my favorites. That's one of my best inventions ever. Right on. Right on. Uh, does anybody else have anything else while we're drunkenly rambling on about how much we love each other? I like I have this book. This book. They recently came out with an absolute edition. Holy shit balls. So it is, um, because these, people are. Oh audio. my God. <laughs> Yours is so big, Todd. I know. Yeah, that's I what they all say. I love the fact this is not a visual medium. <laughs> oh, I know. We're all talking about how great, how big Todd's podcast book is. Oh, it's on sale on Amazon right now too. What a big heartbound yeah. you have. Okay. Oh, I know. It sells. <laughs> Ryan's had one too many. Very in love. Too many. Thank you very much. So I'm drinking Game of Thrones House Lannister Lagavulin Nine Year. Oh, that's is that a different the, one. Is that the meat one we have? Nah, no. Because we have the Game of Thrones one that tastes like meat. No, there's uh, there's the there's the whiskeys and then there's the scotches. He has the scotch. The whiskeys I've seen around. Those are, I, I don't know if those are any good. Are they? Do they taste like meat? The one I have tastes oh, like meat. Yeah. So this one is a it's an Isla single malt scotch. Okay. So really, what that means it's heavily peated. So he, peat is a organic material. That they have cut out of the ground and they burn it. It's essentially and moss. So it's moss. It yeah. is a heavy moss that they burn to smoke the um, barley to stop it from germinating. Yeah. And that's how you so get a smoky you, taste in scotch. Crazy smoky taste. Yeah. And it's an isla. And so where it gets distilled, it's a tiny island in isla. So it's very mossy and smoky and briny. And so some are like me, but that's the uh, Lafroig is very meaty. But this one is briny and meaty smoky or and meaty. Meaty. It's like, oh, I'm drinking liquid pork, kind of a meaty thing. I don't know if I want to drink pork. That's like that's not selling your product right there. <laughs> it is um Isla Scotches can be very challenging. But they are extremely robust. So if you think of that, like a, translates to taste like ass, is what that sounds. Oh, like. I'd love it. <laughs> they are. They can be. Um, I think the ultimate scotch might be. It's called Octomore, where they have the highest um, smoke parts per million. That are, like breaks people's brains because it is so smoky until like something else comes over it. So, but Lagavulin has a sweet spot, and it is the uh, Ron Swanson preferred drink of choice. It is. It's tasty. I've had it. And Ron's not wrong. Mm-mm. Let's be, he's rarely wrong <laughs> at the end of the day. Now, his friends are about like wrong. Sex Panther and stuff, but still. You know, 30% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> so, there's your Lagavulin. Um, you actually pronounce all the letters in that name. Lafroig. Not so much, and there's others even less so. But yeah, but it's uh, Lagavulin, but the Lafroig is a very, uh, you know, it's punch you in the nose kind of drink, is how that one is. But for some people, that's their jam. Okay. I don't know how we got onto that topic. I'm assuming hey, we're all drunk. Because you're drinking we are. No, no, no. Or is it just enough? <laughs> well, before we get so drunk that we're not useful, because I'm just about there. Let's go to final grades around the table. Lena, 
since you seem to be the most with it of all of us, what is your grade? A plus. Okay. Mr. Adam. A plus. Mr. Todd. Dude, it's a full erection. A plus. Well, then fine. I'm just going to best you and say A plus plus. It's an extra A plus, plus to infinity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting infinity for that. Infinity plus one. Oh, uh, infinity plus one was always the most infuriating. It's like, you sons of infinity plus infinity. Fuck you. Okay. Um, anyway, is that it? Is that how we end these episodes? I guess yeah. we talk about next week. Okay. Does next week even like matter, though? So next bastard. week, wait, wait. What are we reading next week? Next week giant is days. Giant Days. I know. Giant <laughs> Lena is super excited about this because I recommend it to her, and it's amazing. I didn't realize there was like 14 volumes out. Oh, yes. I've read the first seven. <laughs> I just read six last night or two nights ago. And hopefully, Lena's new best friend will be joining us on the podcast. She doesn't know this, but the book is showing up at her house via Amazon on Thursday. So she's going to probably read it and join us for next week, which will be fun. Uh, so the rest of January, our slice of life, we are doing Giant Days, which is a fun book about three girls who are roommates in college in England. And they're just, they're adorable and endearing as hell. And they're all weird and they all make weird fucked up mistakes. And they're, they're college kids. Like that's, that's just what it fucking is. And it's wonderful. It sounds like the HBO show Girls, but enjoyable. No, no. No. <laughs> no. Enjoyable. <laughs> Don't compare this to Girls. Yeah. Girls I said but enjoyable. <laughs> no. It's not no. even, it's nothing, because the problem is to even say it's like Girls, like Girls' whole thing was it was like the real sex in the city. No, if you were, no one in this is so out of their, I just, I can't. Anyway, no. uh, A, no. these people are actually kind of realistic and quirky and weird and awkward, which is kind in of what's like amazing. In a real way. In a real way. <laughs> like, they're just, like, and they, like, break up with their boyfriend, but their boyfriend keeps coming and fixing their door when they break it and shit like that, you know? Like, there's just, Lena's laughing because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. I love this Dude, book. I was I so excited. Like out of talk to girls at parties will be the perfect companion to Giant Days. It sounds like, and then, so that is, Thank you, Todd, for the segue. That is going to be yep. the week after. And then we're going to be doing an, uh, a book called Adulthood is a Myth, which I'm looking forward to. Because I've seen these individual panels like circling around. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's also adorable. I'm actually... I will say, of all the months that we've done, this might be right in my wheelhouse. These are the type of comics I love. It's just the quirky, weird, slice-of-life things. Like that. I will say Adulthood is the Myth. I have shared like 20 of these. Yeah. with my wife and going yeah. hey look into this one isn't this just so true yeah i mean i yeah. will say that i do like things in my wheelhouse so this yeah. should be good for me yeah no this is yeah. this is my jam right here weird little slice of superheroes not so much weird sci-fi okay but uh weird little quirky slice of life books that's like that is really my sweet spot well right i remember there. when you were when we did it for the, the the podcast was underwater welder yeah 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 that's so. like Weird interpersonal family drama, like, like, and I mean, I think we've discussed this before, but like, I have a theory that if anybody ever asks me to recommend com comics, I go, what kind of movies are you into? And I'm into like sort of weird, quirky indie hentai. films and not into hentai, not anymore. Um, <laughs> but not any loss. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. But like, yeah, but, like weird indie comedies, like, you know. This is sort of my sweet spot. So, like, this is the type of stuff we're reading this month. So, I'm I'm super excited about it. So, 
Uh, anybody else have any final thoughts other than the fact that we love the fuck out of this book? We highly so, recommend you go read it. I do have one final thought, and, and future Brian, you can decide to cut this out if you want. Yeah. Okay. I, I went back because I sent the podcast to the boy that I have been dating. And Sasquatch. Shut up. <laughs> he can't. He doesn't know that's his nickname. And I am like. By so the time afraid. this comes out, you will have been dating and have three children. It'll be fine. I'm like so worried that by. Because, well, by this point, like, I'm hoping to bring him to Tahoe. But, like. Dun, dun, dun. I'm so worried to introduce him to you anyway. Because I, I don't blame you. you. I really don't Christopher blame you. Christopher is going to call him Sasquatch. I just fucking <laughs> know it. Well, I mean, you you survived by being he should not be named. Yeah, you were she the ex girlfriend whose name shall not be named for a while. Like you survived that, way, and now you're on. Now maybe the coolest ex girlfriend. And here's the thing: is you have Loretta to credit for that, and you don't like Loretta. So I hate Loretta. I know and you see, don't. Like, I was pissed. I can tell you that total sidetrack. I know, that made I know. me more angry than anything that that's hey, who you dated. After you dumped me. me okay. It's you fun. dumped me. It's you dumped fun. me. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, so Here's I the said, thing. This is amusing enough. This is fucking staying just because of that little <laughs> interchange right there. <laughs> well, considering that you've already talked about me as this horrible ex-girlfriend no, 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 on no, no, this no. podcast. Evil. Evil. Different. Evil. Evil. If it makes you feel better, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim's an asshole, too. Right. So. Now I, I'm a Scott Pilgrim. No, superhero. Scott Pilgrim's a dude. Like, here's the thing. When I was younger and I read Scott Pilgrim, I really identified it with it. I've read it recently and I'm like, God, he's insufferable. And I'm like, oh God, I was insufferable. <laughs> okay. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I've read all the I've read all the Scott Pilgrim yeah. comics too. But anyway. <laughs> the whole point of me saying this was when we I had sent the link for one of the episodes to this kid. And mm. shut up. <laughs> he, he listened to it and he realized that he was like, he made a comment about something I had said, shut up, Todd, on the podcast. And I was like, oh, fuck, what did I say? Because we record these, if you guys haven't guessed, quite Months a bit ahead in advance. Of time. Because guess what? I now have a job that requires me to actually work at work. So I need enough time to edit this shit. Yeah. It's terrible. It's fine. Yeah. So, it's called green content. I, that's so true. Now, it actually is true. Actually. So yeah. now I listen to every episode because be I don't know what I said. And I'm so afraid that he's going to listen to something and be like, what the whoa, fuck? Whoa, whoa, like, whoa, oh, whoa, shit, whoa. What did I say? Yeah. Anyway, I went back and listened to the Umbrella Academy episode that we recorded over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it just came out like a couple weeks ago as one of our flashback episodes. Yeah. And because um, I'm finally getting back to re-editing, <laughs> by the way, yeah, the last one that just came out that was seven minutes long was an absolute. <laughs> so I listened to the Umbrella Academy episode, and in that episode, both you, Brian, and Todd had said, "Lena, if you like this book and you like relationships, you need to read Day Tripper." So yeah. you told me over a year ago yep. that I needed to read this. And of course, me being like, I am reading what we need to read yeah. for the podcast. I don't have time. You're for like, everything. fuck you guys. You don't know what's up. I'm just reading what's on the show. I'm right now here. kicking myself for not <laughs> reading this until now. But the other half of that is because I listened to the podcast, now started watching Umbrella Academy TV mm -hmm. show. Yeah. And uh -huh. I was told 
by you and I don't know who else that if because I liked the relationship building within the book that I'd really like the show and mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you the show is really fucking boring either way the, the watch listening to the episode has made me watch the show to which I would say I think the comic book's way better yeah um and then realize that you guys told me to read Day Tripper over a year ago and I just did it and now I'm saying I, you were right <laughs> see Anyway, uh, I think with that, we're going to call it before we all drunkenly say something else on recording that I have to edit out anyway. Well, well, wait, 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 wait. All you need is love. Love is all you need. Love is all you need. (laughs) She's a day tripper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got to get out of here before we all lose our shit. Uh, Cool. Thank you all for joining us. I love you all. Um, both on the podcast and out listening to us. Uh, join us next week for uh, Giant Days. Super excited for that one. I know Lana is. I love that book. I don't know if Adam or uh, Todd have read it, but they're going to enjoy the shit out of it. I demand that they do. Um, and we will see you all later. Bye! Bye. That was well time. That had a nice tone to it. Like There was some like blending there. I like that. You have a sound. I didn't make it sound pretty. I mean, I don't, I don't auto tune them, but I should. <laughs>